Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and this is Everything Co-op. We're so glad that you're listening to us this great Thursday morning. And we're going to be talking about the Cooperative Impact Conference, which the theme this year is Embracing Our Cooperative Identity. And we have us this morning on this segment, we have Mr. Paul Hazen and John Torres. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Vernon. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. And Paul, how are you doing? I'm great. It's good to be with you today. Okay. John, can you tell us about the conference, when it is, how somebody can register for it? Absolutely. Well, the Cooperative Impact Conference is the premier conference that happens within the cooperative community each year. It's about five years old uh, this year. And this conference brings together cooperators from all different sectors throughout the country. And now, uh, since it is a both hybrid conference, so it's both virtual and in person, the, hi- the hybrid gives us an opportunity to bring in cooperators from around the world. Last year, we had 47 different countries represented. And this year, we're hoping to, uh, to eclipse that and get close to uh, 60 or 70 countries. Um, but folks can go to, to register for the Impact Conference. They can go to our website, NCBA CLUSA dot co-op that's n-c-b-a-c-l-u-s-a dot co-op and they can find all the information there at the impact conference tab so just this morning i uh went to your web page n-c-b-a dot c-o-o-p and i see right at the top of the of the page it says impact conference i clicked on that and uh, when i got the conference it said I could register. Register now. What does it cost to register? So thank you for asking. Yeah. So the the cost to register right now is fifty dollars for the early bird special going on. Today is the last day that folks can do that. So if they'd like to uh, to get that fifty dollar registration fee, then they can go uh, onto the site today to get that. But that in, that fifty dollars covers all of the virtual content, thirty hours plus of content. There are 80 different speakers, 24 different sessions, keynotes, and and the lot. So that is the cost of the conference for the virtual portion. We also have an in-person portion that's taking place on Thursday and Friday of next week at the National Press Club. Uh, There is a little bit of a price uh, increase for that. And so I think it's $75 for folks to participate in that uh, and $125 for folks to participate on the Thursday portion. So if somebody wanted to sign up, Right now, fifty dollars for that's at the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and that's actually yeah, it's actually fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. There's also virtual programming, so it's a full week of programming if they just do the virtual. Okay, and then on the seventh and eighth, there is a live portion 
at the National Press Conference. Yeah, so, at the National Press Club, there's a there's a live live in person portion there, and we've got a number of great speakers lined up for that. And so we encourage folks if they're comfortable and they're able to uh, to come out to the National Press Club, that would be great. All right, so I just got to get clarity on one thing. So the virtual piece is fifty dollars, and I've been talking to a couple of groups, and they wanted this information, and I want to send back to them what this is. Sure. So I got to make sure I'm clear. Everybody out here is very clear. Okay, so I'm glad we're talking. I'm glad we're talking about this. This will, this will be a good opportunity to clear some of that up. So on Thursday, the Thursday in-person programming covers the Impact Conference programming. It's 125 dollars for the day, and that covers uh, the, the programming starts at, at nine o'clock in the morning. We have the Co-op Impact Champion Award that's going to be awarded uh, that morning. We also have uh, our our guest speaker at noon, uh, Dr. Karama Neal of uh, USDA will be there, uh, giving us uh, giving us her her perspective on cooperatives uh, and cooperative businesses. And uh, the afternoon, there's an advocacy panel. Uh, they'll be talking about uh, some of the work that uh, that the cooperative uh, community has been working on uh, in Congress. And then at three thirty, there is the uh, interview with the Hall of Fame inductees, uh, and that'll happen. Uh, and that's something that happens every year before the Co-op Hall of Fame induction ceremony that happens that evening. So the impact conference portion is during the day. The evening portion is the co-op hall of fame portion. Uh, and that is something that you can see on the website. Uh, when you go to register, there are places where you can go to add that to your registration if you so choose, but that's a separate, that's a separate fee for that. Okay. And then the following day on Friday, uh, that's a $75 day and the program starts early. It's an eight thirty start for that program. And we are pleased to have uh, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Bilsack uh, will be joining us that morning and uh, having a, converse, a fireside conversation with Cornelius Blanding of the Federation of Southern Cooperatives. So it's going to be a great program on that Friday, uh, and it's going to be just a half day, so that should wa- uh, should all wrap up around 11 o'clock or so. And so we really encourage folks, if they're able and they're comfortable, uh, to please come out to the National Press Club and see that. Okay. So I've got the Cooperative Hall of Fame looking on your site is $300 if you go to that dinner. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, I tell you, for $50 for the whole conference, that this is so exciting because there's so much information, so much information going on. But, but um, Wade, Bernard, there's more to that. And can I tell you a little bit about what's happening after the, the Impact Week as well? That $50 okay. actually covers covers additional programming that we have that is going to take place throughout co-op month, which is October. It's going to take place across the entire month. Uh, we've got many more different sessions that will be happening. That registration fee also covers all of those uh, different sessions as well, with the exception of the St. Mary's University course. Uh, that, once again, the St. Mary's, we, we are so thankful to St. Mary's University uh, that they have once again provided a curated course for the attendees of the Impact Conference at a discounted rate. And that is going to happen on October 20 and October 21. So you can sign up in the same place as you would with everything else. You can just see it and add on there. It's a $200 registration fee for that St. Mary's course. And that course normally is uh, it's, it's over $1,000 uh, usually for courses like that from St. Mary's. And they've just uh, really been able to take the information from the Impact Conference and create a, a unique opportunity for folks. So I really encourage folks to take a look at that. But that, uh, going back to your original original point there, Vernon, 
the $50 covers all of that programming that'll take place over the next few weeks, uh, even after the impact conference. Okay. So thank you so much, John. I want to talk to <laughs> Paul Hazen here. Paul is the executive director of OCDC. Paul, can you tell us about the international part? Because my understanding is somebody just wants to go to the international part is free. So what is what is the international part of this conference? Well, thank thank you, Vernon, for the opportunity. Again, we're we're focused on the overall theme of the conference, embracing our cooperative identity, and demonstrating the role that cooperatives play in the developing world, uh, with a number of great speakers and uh, panel discussions. And we're focused on several major themes there. The first is entrepreneurship in cooperatives. A lot of people are very entrepreneurial in, in cooperatives, but they do it on a collective basis, working uh, together with other people. We also have a focus on climate change, the role that uh, cooperatives are playing around the world in uh, addressing climate change. We have a very exciting session on October 7th, that's Thursday, that focused on building communities in Central America. We're, we're fortunate to have a presentation by Senator Tim Kaine. Senator Kaine is the chair of the subcommittee on the Western Hemisphere of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And then a panel that focused on uh, youth and women and their empowerment and involvement in cooperatives. So we're starting each day of the IMPACT conference for the first 90 minutes for the international track. And as you said, that's free. Uh, there, you can go to the NCBA website and and register for that separately from the other conference, part of the conference. We encourage everyone to do both, uh, both the international and, and the full conference track. But uh, if you're just only interested in the international portion, that uh, is, is free. And we also will be uh, having translation into Spanish for that because we will have people from around the world participating in the international track. Well, can you give us an example of a couple of those tracks? It sounds extremely exciting. And I know because I'm one one of those panels, which I really have had a lot of fun with. Well, you know, the track that's focused on uh, building communities in, uh, in Latin America is showing how cooperatives are addressing the core issues that's driving uh, migration from those countries. And so uh, creating economic opportunity, creating a a democratic society, building a more secure and safe place for people to live is the role that cooperatives are playing in Latin America, especially in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. And so we have examples there of cooperatives, and we'll have presentations from uh, people from each of these um, countries demonstrating the role that cooperatives and credit unions are playing to uh, stem migration from those countries. Uh, Cooperatives are a very big portion of those countries' economies. In the three northern triangle countries of Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. Paul, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, but we've got to take our first break here, and I really want to come back more. We're We're talking about the Cooperative Impact Conference, which is coming up 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th of October, and they're having programming throughout the whole month of October. And as Paul was uh, just talking about communities in Latin America, keeping folks off of our borders, they keep migrating here, and co-ops can help that. 
We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. We are talking with Paul Hazen, uh, Executive Director of OCDC, Doug O'Brien, uh, who's Executive Director and President of NCBA CLUSA, has joined us. John Torres has been talking about the IMPACT Conference, which is Embracing on Cooperative Identity. Paul, where did this title come from, Embracing Our Cooperative Identity? Well, this title theme for the conference is one that's a global theme that's being promoted by the International Cooperative Alliance. They're having their Congress in um, Seoul, South Korea in December, and uh, with the same theme of embracing our cooperative identity. And they encouraged uh, cooperative organizations around the world to adopt the same theme for their uh, domestic conferences and programs. And so I'm really pleased that NCBA CLUSA chose this as the theme for the IMPACT Conference, and we're in solidarity with uh, cooperators around the world. And, Doug, how can somebody register right now? Well, it couldn't be easier. Uh, folks can go to the uh, NCBA CLUSA website, and there's a, there's a button there for the IMPACT Conference and uh, registration. And from there, you can navigate. You can look at the fantastic set of 80-plus speakers that we have, as well as the full agenda. Uh, so registration is, uh, is real easy, and, and as you were talking about before, the, the content, again, this year is, is really, you know, is really fantastic, both showing how people can embrace and, and act on their cooperative identity and, and that linkage with the domestic cooperative movement, with the international development cooperative movement as well. So your webpage is ncba.coop, and if you go there, Right at the top of the page, it says Impact Conference. Click that, and right away, it says Register Now. It's very, very easy to do, and we've already said if it's just for the international portion, that's free. And uh, John Torres had told us earlier it's $50 to sign up today. It goes up after the day, but sign up today, and it's $50. So, Paul, I'd like to go back to you. You were talking about stemming the migration from Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. It was three countries you mentioned. And keeping them from leaving their home. And I have it, as I've met a lot of those folks, they don't want to leave their homes. And so often it's because there's no work there or because of drug cartels and, and security keep, makes, makes them leave. And so you were saying before we took the break, that having co-ops, and co-ops is very big there, then that could probably keep people home because they can have jobs. Did I get that right? Absolutely, Vernon. You know, co-ops are the embodiment of the inclusive economy, giving everybody opportunity to, you know, have a job, uh, improve their lives, uh, you know, raise their families in a a safe environment. And uh, you're right, generally people do not want to leave their their communities and their family and their friends. And so the, the fact that cooperatives can play a role in providing opportunity for uh, job creation, having uh, a safe and democratic society is the role they're already playing in uh, those Central America countries. But we think there's an expanded opportunity 
And one of the things that we're focused on on third day on Thursday in this particular panel is we have, as I mentioned, Senator Tim Kaine, who's giving remarks. We also have representatives from the U.S. Agency for International Development to talk about the partnership between cooperatives from the U.S. and the U.S. federal government in Latin America. So this is Thursday, October the 7th, and you have Tim Kaine on and talking about how we can keep people prosperous, happy, financial, physically, spiritually, everything through co-ops, okay? And they will stay home and be happy in their homes. That's phenomenal. And all you have to do is sign up at ncba.coop. At the top of the page, it's Impact Conference, and then it's registered now. And it's free for these international, but you have to register. You you must register. That's, that, that's okay. correct, Ryan. And Tim Kaine, chair of subcommittee on the Western Hemisphere, he's Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So it's awesome that you have a senator on the panel. Yeah. How'd you pull that off? <laughs> well, we've been working, uh, you know, with members of Congress, you know, to demonstrate the role that cooperatives can play in our in our foreign policy. His staff has reached out to uh, OCDC. We've been providing them with information on the role that cooperatives are already playing in those in Latin America and the expanded role that we believe could help the Biden administration achieve their foreign policy goals. So, you know, Senator Kane, you know, was in Latin America right out of college working with local communities and local people on a volunteer basis through his uh, uh, faith community. And so he he has seen the role that cooperatives are playing in Latin America and really believes that uh, uh, there's an opportunity for the U.S. government to support the uh, cooperative development activities in those countries. Fantastic. Now, that is on the 7th. What do you have on the 6th on Wednesday? Well, we have a very important panel on climate change. Uh, obviously, that's, a, that's an issue that's facing the entire world. And uh, again, we are discussing the role that cooperatives are already playing in uh, alleviating climate change and the expanded role that we believe the cooperative movement can, can play in addressing this important issue. So actually, Vernon, you are, you're the moderator for that panel, uh, but we have some yeah. really good examples of the uh, cooperatives that uh, that are already uh, working uh, in this area. We have, in addition to that, we have some good speakers. Again, we have a speaker, Ann Vaughn, from the U.S. Agency for International Development. And Frank Berg, uh, who is with the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association, and he will be giving some excellent examples of the role that electric cooperatives play in mitigating climate change uh, around the world. Well, I really had fun talking to folks on that panel because on that panel is someone from Mexico. He's talking about what's going on in Mexico and the, and the coffee farms and India and fertilizers, Brazil, solar panels, and Madagascar, vanilla farms. So it's all over the world, and it's interesting. But just quickly, Paul, tell us what OCDC is. 
Well, OCDC is a uh, U.S. membership organization. We have nine uh, U.S. cooperative organizations that are our members. And what they have in common is that they all work around the world developing cooperatives. We're, we're pleased to, one of our founding members is NCBA CLUSA. You know, our members have been working internationally for over 60 years, developing cooperatives, empowering people, um, in, you know, making sure that women uh, have opportunities for economic advancement. And it's very appropriate uh, that we have a, what we, we refer to as our triple bottom line, you know, economic success, social inclusion, and concern for the environment. And so this particular panel on climate change, uh, again, is focused on demonstrating the role that cooperatives are already playing addressing uh, climate change. Triple bottom line, economic success. What was the second? Social inclusion and concern and, for the environment. And this climate change is definitely concern for the environment, but it also if we keep having fires and floods and hurricanes, it's also about social inclusion <laughs> because folks cannot be social if they don't have a place to live. And what's interesting, too, is economic success. There's a lot of problems that happen when, when the uh, effects of climate change is there. Paul, this is excellent. I uh, thank you. I know you said you'd be on for a half an hour, and, um, and for the next half an hour, we're going to talk uh, to Doug. What else would you like to tell us in the next minute before we take our next break about this impact conference and how co-ops affects the world? Well, the cooperative movement around the world is very significant. You know, a billion people belong to uh, cooperatives. And in the developing world, you know, it's, it's the key to economic success for many people. Most people in the developing world are, are dependent upon agriculture and their, for their livelihood. And cooperatives give them an opportunity to succeed. And I've had the, you know, I've worked with many people around the world that perhaps maybe are living on a dollar a day. And when they join the cooperative, they increase their income maybe to $3 a day. And that, then they can feed their families, send their kids to school, have health care. And so a cooperative can be transformative for, for millions and millions of people around the world. And that's the story we want to tell through the Impact Conference. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. We'll be right back, everybody. Please don't touch that dial. Welcome back, everybody. Everything Co-op is the program, and I'm Vernon Oaks. And right now we're going to be talking to Doug O'Brien, who's the president and executive director of NCBA CLUSA. Doug has already told us all you have to do is go to ncba.coop, and as soon as you come to that first page or home page, you see Impact Conference at the top. You click on that, and as soon as you click on that, it says Register Now. You can also get a the agenda. And, Doug, let's talk about that agenda. It is powerful. John Torres told us earlier it's only $50 to start this whole process to get all of this and there is a wealth of knowledge. Matter of fact, I'm going to be glued to the the screen here on those days, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, because of all of this, all of this tremendous information. 
tell us about the uh, conference, Doug, and the new new cooperative scholarship program. Vernon, I appreciate the question. Uh, we do have um, we have a great agenda uh, to really drive this theme around embracing our cooperative identity. You know, I'll just mention probably start off and talk about a few of the keynotes uh, as as John Torres mentioned before. We have Secretary Tom Vilsack in person Thursday morning, first thing at 8.30, and he's going to have a a conversation with Cornelius Blanding, who's the executive director of the Federation of Southern Cooperatives. And they'll be talking about how cooperatives can be a key strategy on the agenda to to build back the economy, an economy that's more equitable, more more sustainable, uh, more inclusive in the wake of the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic. In fact, Vernon, just uh, before I was able to, to jump on, uh, to talk with you today, I was with Jessica Gordon Emhart, who you know well, is one of the heroes of the you know of the cooperative community here in the United States, and she was in conversation with Anu Pusa, who is a professor in Finland and who was a a, a bit of a, a internet sensation earlier this year. She recorded a TED talk that that uh, on the power of cooperatives that really took off. So. So we're going to be able to hear from these two fantastic cooperative thinkers. We'll also hear from Sarah Horwitz, who is a, a very well-known author. She had a, a really impactful book that, that she released earlier this year uh, called Mutualism. And that book is about how people need to, to really become more involved in their community, more involved in their businesses to solve today's generational problems. And she points to cooperatives as one of those key strategies, you know, as a proven strategy. So, you know, it, it, the, the, the agenda for the five days, you know, the first three days is all virtual. And then on Thursday and Friday, the 7th and 8th, we've got um, some in-person programming that we've talked about. It's going to be a really exciting week. And then, in fact, we've got so much going on in October, you know, which is Cooperative Month here in the United States, that, um, that there'll be programming throughout the month. Uh, for instance, toward the end of the month, we'll be able to present on a report and a survey that we worked on with the Cooperative Development Foundation on how the cooperative community is doing work on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, and probably most importantly, some recommendations on how we can even do better. So uh, there's a lot there, and I could keep going on, Vernon, but uh, I'll just pause and, and, uh, uh, and, and see if you want to go in a particular direction. Well, I'm excited about all of it. The, the thing is, on the 8th with Vilsap and... Cornelius Blandy, can somebody see that virtually, or do you have to be at the National Press Club to listen to that in person? No, that's going to be live streamed. So anyone who um, who registers for the virtual program of Impact will have access to that live stream, as well as uh, you know the content throughout the the month of October. So you could so you can choose to see it in person uh, there at the national press club, or you can, uh, register for the virtual impact and, and see it live stream. You know, and the same goes for the day prior, we have two senators, just a, a, a great showing of the bipartisan support for cooperatives, Senator Mike Rounds of, uh, South Dakota and Senator Tina Smith of Minnesota, one a Republican, one a Democrat. They're going to be with us to receive a co-op champions award. Uh, they'll be in person at the national press club. It will also be live streamed. And uh, they're real champions of using the cooperative business model to revive rural economies. And we wanted to recognize them for their work. Okay. And I would love to have one of them, if not both of them, on the show sometime to talk about their work. We'll see how we might be able to get that accomplished. Happy to, happy to help on that. They'd love it. So 
October is a wonderful, wonderful month. This is the eighth year. October is the our, we're celebrating our eighth anniversary being on air, talking about co-ops. It is co-op month. That's two good reasons. And my birthday is October, so that's a great. <laughs> matter of fact, it's October the seventh, and so it gives uh-huh. gives me a chance to celebrate my birthday and be with you guys. And you are giving me a wonderful gift with all of the things that you're doing through the month of October. Wow. So, the, so, so on that co-op, the night of the co-op Hall of Fame, uh, we'll be able to, to sing you happy birthday, maybe, Vernon. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love what you're doing. I have it, uh, and, and Paul has left it, but he was talking about in developing countries how co-ops can help these uh, the folks in de- developing countries get economic success, social inclusion, and concern for the for the community, a triple bottom line. I have it the same way for black communities in it here in the U.S., mm-hmm. brown communities here in the U.S., native communities, women, anybody. Matter of fact, I grew up in West Virginia, as I've said to you guys before, and where we grew up, it was black and white. We were mixed, and we were all poor. And and poverty doesn't discriminate. And I have it that co-ops help people in poverty all over what do you think about that, and how do you see this conference helping people? And, and and sort of like all of these different programs you have would help people to understand how co-ops can do that. I think that's a fantastic question, Vernon. And I, and, and I, I I'll come at it in two different ways. You know, when we think about a cooperative identity, I'm a big one for a rule of three. That's about all I can handle in my head at one time. So, so when, <laughs> you know, what about the cooperative identity? Why did we choose to pick up on? Um, on the International Cooperative Alliance theme of, of deepening the cooperative identity this year and their 125th anniversary. And it's really, the, the first thing is, we're in a moment right now that calls on, almost demands the cooperative community to come forward with the cooperative solutions to meet today's generational challenges. One that, that you just talked about, inequality, poverty, racial equity, or the lack thereof. You know, the, the resilience in the face of climate change and and the changing nature of work, you know, the, 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 as we move quickly towards a, the more information age, what does that mean for people who might be sort of left on the sidelines? Cooperatives have so much to offer. For us as a cooperative community to, to capture that potential, we have, we have to embrace our cooperative identity. And by that we mean we have to understand it. And, you know, many people in the cooperative community, they know the principles, but they might not know the shared values, shared values that include equity, that include democracy, that include solidarity. You know, we need to study this uh, identity of the shared values and the principles, and we need to look to some of the models throughout the cooperative community that do such a great job of continuous education, you know, for those within the co-ops, for, for management, for boards, for the staff, so that they understand the power and the distinction of the cooperative movement. So that's one is number, understand our cooperative identity. Second is share. We need to share how co-ops, you know, at their core, in their DNA, are a different type of business. They're people-centered, democratically controlled, and they're designed to, to serve the members and to make community impact. We have to share that particularly with policymakers. You know, that's a, that's a job that NCBA Clusa takes very seriously because policymakers need to understand that if they build on – you know, the policy of scaffolding, that ecosystem of policy that make it possible for co-ops to develop and thrive, 
that that we're going to get better better impacts in community and throughout our country. And the final the final thing is act. So understand, share, act. We have to act on our cooperative identity. Just just knowing about the co-op identity, knowing about the values and the shared principles is one thing. But until we act and express our cooperative identity, uh, we're not really going to capture that potential. So, you know, that's I think the when when we think about you know why it's important we're using and and lifting up this theme in today's context, uh, it just couldn't be more timely. You have said a lot there, and I I really do appreciate it. Again, if somebody wants to join in on all of this, what do they need to do? All they need to do is go to ncba.coop. At at the very top, there's a button for Impact Conference, and you hit that, and uh, there's a nice bright orange button for register. So uh, just register for the Impact Conference. You can do so virtually, $50 if you do so for today for all of that amazing content during the week of October 4th and and throughout the month of October. Uh, And if you choose to, to come to the National Press Club on the 7th and 8th, there's uh, an extra registration there uh, for that in-person content. So that's that's the way to do it. That is so inexpensive for all that one will get. And John had talked about later in the month, the 20th and 21st, that St. Mary's is doing a class. And if you register for the Impact Conference, that class only costs $200. What do you have to say about that? Well, we're really excited to, again, partner with St. Mary's University, who has the uh, cooperative management uh, program. Uh, we've now, I think this is our fourth year uh, running, that, that we partner with them. This year, it, it again, just as last year, it's a, it's a virtual presentation, and they created a special curriculum uh, to really focus on, on the theme of cooperative identity and, and what it means in a very practical way for people working in, you know, in their cooperatives and uh, in their communities. Um, so it's, it's that I, I couldn't recommend, you know, folks taking a look at that at that course. There's just it's, it's such an easy way to get some really fantastic content and a great, a great faculty as well. So Paul had talked about economic success, social inclusion and concern for the environment. I have it as three P's. People first, what co-ops consider it. People first, planet second, profit third. And I have capitalists are concerned about three P's, too, um, profit, profit, and profit. Um, the other fourth P I put in there for co-ops is political, and that's what you were talking about, really, really yeah. getting the politicians around and getting policies created that can help co-ops and help co-ops develop. Yeah. I would like for you to talk about this young people's scholarship. If you could do that in a minute, and then we're going to take a break. What is that young people's scholarship, and how would one get into that? Yeah, well, uh, we have uh, every year of, of co-op, and of course we're in the, the fifth year of, of cooperative impact, we've featured content in the cohort for emerging cooperative leaders. The new cooperator uh, scholarship, we've got uh, 13 folks from across the sectors and across the country who are going to be part of this. Uh, thanks to, by the way, thanks to Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company for making that possible. So this is a group of folks that we bring together. We'll have uh, at the at the beginning of the of the conference, they'll be able to to see the some some premier content on on the cooperative business model, and then they have access to all of the programming, to, um, you know, that everyone else does in terms of the 
uh, both on the week of October 4th and throughout the month. We think it's so important to, to lift up and, and support the emerging, you know, cooperative leaders. And, uh, and so we're just really happy we're able to do that again this year. Okay, we'll be right back, everybody, to talk more about the Co-op Impact Conference. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Our program is Everything Cooperative. And right now we have Mr. Doug O'Brien on with us. Paul Hazen was on and John Torres. So right now we're talking about the Impact Conference, which is embracing on cooperative identity on the 4th through the 8th of October with tremendous programming, lots and lots of information, uh, 80 different panels, discussions. It is absolutely wonderful. And what I would like to ask Doug to do is just talk about, I know on October the 4th, which is Monday, um, what are you doing on October the 4th? Yeah, so uh, October 4th, right, that's Monday. It's all week, right, Monday through Friday. So Monday we, we open. The, the opening program includes the chair of the International Cooperative Alliance. Ariel Guerco will, will uh, provide a, a message to the U.S. cooperative community. Um, I'll be on hand with my chair, Carla Decker, the chair of NCBA CLUSA, uh, and we'll help frame and talk about the importance Quickly, we'll, we'll move to a panel with the Council of Cooperative Economists, and they'll be talking about cooperatives' uh, you know, performance and, and how they really stood up during the COVID era. We'll dig deeper into the cooperative identity with an international track. Uh, we've got some, some international thinkers from Italy, uh, from Canada, from the U.K. that will give us kind of a broader perspective on what cooperative identity has meant around the world and what it can mean, you know, in the future. We'll have a panel on the road to equitable recovery in terms of worker ownership. So a nice focus on, you know, that increasing interest on, on worker co-ops. Every night, I'll just mention, we have a book talk at five o'clock every day. We have an author of a book that, uh, you know, that talks about um, important issues and opportunities in the cooperative community uh, the authors include uh, Natalie Brazil. Uh, we've got E.G. Nado, um, and uh, and then I, I talked about we have a keynote on one of the days from Sarah Horowitz, who's a fantastic author. So that's Monday. You know, Tuesday we move on. Tuesday's also Wait, a virtual before you, day. Before you, yeah, go ahead. Before you go to before you go to Tuesday, I was looking through here, and you just have tremendous. Uh, folks, you have Esteban Kelly on the road to equitable recovery. Now, that's the recovery from COVID. You're talking about the road to equitable recovery. Yeah, it's it's really about how people can. You know, so many people were uh, you know suffered economically during uh, the COVID era, and uh, particularly you know the numbers really bore out. Particularly people of color and and people in in some of the service sector. And, and what this panel is about is how can people utilize and use the cooperative business models uh, to, uh, to recover economically in a more inclusive way, in a more equitable way. So I was also wondering, um, for those companies that are going out of business like restaurants, that maybe they can be converted, that the employees can convert those to worker-owned cooperatives. That's right. It's a strategy that um, 
you know, that we certainly lift up uh, along with the U.S. Federation of Worker Co-ops and, and others, and we've seen some success. You know, we've, we know that, that thousands of businesses actually, I mean, we've known because a lot of the baby boomers, you know, going to move into their next chapter and, and selling their businesses, transferring their businesses one way or the other. So we've been talking about conversions, converting a, a small business into a worker-owned business or even a consumer-owned business. And, and we sort of had a, a crucible of, a, of an experiment with this uh, during the COVID era when so many small businesses were forced with that decision. And, and so we think it's a really important strategy for people to consider, both sellers and buyers, uh, you know, both sellers and then workers of, of co-ops. And, and we're working to create the policy and the technical and, and financial assistance to make that possible. And when you create that policy, that's through governance, government, creating policy well, yeah. that can happen? That there's, because, I think the two the two main things are are financing, right? So making sure that the workers who want to purchase a small business have the ability to access the debt or equity finance to make that possible. And in fact, you know, just a, a quick moment on that in the uh, in the reconciliation legislation that's that's sort of on the on the front door of Congress right now. You know, the the, the administration calls it the Build Back. Uh, build back better. Build back better. Uh, it includes a half a half billion dollar fund to pilot um, increased financing for cooperatives and other worker owned type entities, um, and that's that's some work we've been you know that that we focused on in, in coalition with much of the cooperative community. So that's financing, it's technical assistance because you know th- this this deal, uh, and then of course you know ensuring that a cohort of workers successfully govern this new business it takes it takes some technical assistance and some real expertise from a cooperative development community uh, and that takes some resources so um so we're also working to make sure that those resources are available for for cooperative conversions and for those who are are looking to start up cooperatives particularly in uh in communities that have been historically marginalized that's wonderful so build back better i have it cooperatively build back better that's a way of doing it, just like we were talking about earlier. So I have it that there's about seven pandemics. We've talked about COVID-19 as one of them. Uh, you talked earlier about racism and the inequitable uh, equity, if you will, of, of people in America. And Paul talked about climate change, which is one of the things we're talking about with with COVID. Climate change is one of the things we're talking about with the international section of what co-ops are doing. So now I want to go to... October the 5th, which is Tuesday. What are you doing yeah. on October the 5th? Yeah, that's day two. And uh, so it, it will be 100% virtual. First three days are 100% virtual. A lot of great content, again, starting at 8.30 in the morning. There's a, um, a track that Paul already mentioned on the international track, looking at entrepreneurship at the core of the co-op identity in international development. So that's our first panel. And then we'll look at place-based co-op development through a racial equity lens. Um, uh, Capital Impact Partners is, has helped put together this panel. And we've got uh, a couple folks from D.C. Uh, and D.C. community know really well. Uh, Allison Powers, who's the, uh, the kind of the point person at, at Capital Impact Partners and cooperatives and, and, and community impact. And Jennifer Bryant, who's uh, a program manager at the Washington Area Community Investment Fund. And she's at Wake Up and, and – um, so Jennifer be with us along with Guinevere Abernathy uh, with the North Carolina Employee Ownership Center. So we're going to get some, you know, I think we're going to get some some great perspective on how this 
can work and how it can be such a strategy for, for people of color using cooperatives to empower themselves and their businesses and in their communities from, you know, some different perspectives. And then there's that keynote conversation between Esteban Kelly and Sarah Horowitz, who is the author of the book Mutualism that I mentioned before. And then in the afternoon, we just kind of keep rolling and talk about cooperative solutions to food access realities. Really, really interesting panel of, of experts from North Dakota, from the Federation of Southern Cooperatives uh, the, in, uh, in the Southeast, and uh, as well as, as uh, people from Western Illinois Inter- University. It's, a, it's, it's primarily a rural look at how cooperatives can be used to increase food access uh, up and down the food chain, um, and, and we're, we're looking forward to that. Uh, and then later in the day, toward the kind of a, the, the toward the end of the afternoon, we've got a, a panel on scaling co-ops through a multi-stakeholder network, a, Colo- a Colorado solar energy industry case study. So th- this is a really interesting using co-ops, you know, not just in the consumer sector, not just in the production, but a multi-stakeholder co-op using and scaling uh, solar energy. And uh, and they've done some great work in Colorado. So Nathan Schneider helped us put together with with some of the leaders there in Colorado. And so, then E.G. Uh, Nadu, Nadu, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead and talk about the book first. Yeah, well, E.G., e. you, you certainly do know E.G. He, um, he authored a book, uh, released it here um, a number of months ago, and he's going to be on, on hand for a virtual book talk. Uh, the, the book is, it couldn't be more timely and, uh, and focused in strengthening the cooperative community, 17 ideas, I think, that he's really focused on over his long and storied career as a cooperator. So can you just give us a quick one minute on uh, the 8th? Yeah. So the 8th, a cabinet member, uh, Secretary Tom Vilsack, is going to be there for a conversation with uh, Cornelius Blanding on how co-ops are are a a preferred strategy uh, to build back better. We've got then a a great capstone panel with with, uh, a diverse set of, of leaders on what the cooperative identity means 10 years from now. So we do a little bit of future casting. What should cooperatives look like 10 years from now if we are going to meet the challenges that uh, are at our, at our doorstep right now? So, Doug, you've just got a tremendous layout here. I will be glued to the computer. And what I like about this conference, the, I, can, I can see it all. I can get all of it. When it was in person, you had four or five things going at the same time. Right. right. The last 30 seconds, what would you like to leave people with? Oh, please take a look at this content. It's meant for the cooperative community. It's meant for the cooperative curious, uh, people who, who think that, they, that co-ops might be there as a, a, as a tool to solve a problem for their community, for their business. You know, come, come take a look. Understanding and acting on our cooperative identity is, is necessary today uh, to meet the challenges that we face, and, uh, and, and that's what this – uh, that's what this conference is going to do, is, is give people those tools. Can't wait to see everybody there, virtually or in person. Virtually or in person. Thank you so very much, everybody. We'll see you next Thursday. Please live cooperatively. <laughs>